Thank you for joining us today. The Holy Bible emphasizes the priority of prayer and fasting in the Old and New Testaments. That alone reveals the importance of consistent devotion to these doctrines in our Christian lives. We cannot comprehend the unspeakable joy as well as spiritual and personal rewards that await us when we faithfully fulfill these commandments. Listen in with Bible, pen, and paper handy as you will want to take notes. Before I pick up the Bible and, and read, I always say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Help me to understand because I don't want to miss what God is saying to me. And I, I read slowly and I read meditatively and methodically because I don't want to miss divine insights, heavenly truths from God. Prayer enlightens the mind to understand God's word. You know what prayer does? It changes our behavior. Some people who say they are believers, particularly, uh, they say they've been saved 20 years, but they're acting worse. They're in leadership and they look like they're in regression. It's because they're not praying in the spirit. Prayer changes our behavior. You know what prayer does? It releases anxiety. It releases us from anxiety. It breaks anxiety. You worry less when you're praying. If you are worrying and worrying about this and worrying about getting Corona, worried about what's going to happen, worried about politics, worried about the stock market, worried about China, worried about touching this and that. And, and you're just a hot mess. But, but prayer has a way of calming your anxiety, calming you down, giving you rest in the midst of a restless world. You know what prayer does? It enables you to behave righteously. You talk better when you pray. You hear better when you pray. You act better when you pray. There's some places you just won't go when you pray. Uh, uh, you have a spiritual posture about you that people can take note and notice that you have been with Jesus because you are praying. You behave righteously. The worst thing you can see on earth is a Christian that's misbehaving, not only in the Lord's church, but also before an onlooking world. You know what prayer does? It breaks addiction. It breaks addiction, the addiction of drugs, the addiction of alcohol, the addiction of pornography, the addiction of gossip, the addiction of jealousy, uh, all kind of addiction of uh, being addicted to television and news and social media and on and on it goes. Being addicted to talking too much, being addicted to selfishness and being addicted to food, fast foods and sweets and 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 junk and and malls and shopping and fashions, all of which are addictions. You know what prayer does? When you pray as, as Jesus prayed, you know what it does? Prayer reveals the truth about ourselves. See, a lot of times people won't tell you the truth about yourself. And a lot of times you won't even hear it and you get an attitude because can't nobody tell you nothing. But when you open that Bible and you humble yourself and you prayerfully read the Holy Scripture and you're praying in the Holy Spirit, prayer reveals the truth about yourself and settles you down. And prayer does uh, spiritual reconstruction on you till all of a sudden people say, well, what? You know, she looks differently. She's not the same person I knew. He's not the same person I knew. He's not agenda driven. He's speaking less and listening more. He's got a gentle 
meek and quiet spirit. Prayer reveals the truth about ourselves and prepares us for spiritual warfare. Y'all, it's a conflict going on and it is an intense conflict between Satan and his demons and God and his holy angels. There is a spiritual war going on in the atmosphere, in the heavenlies and on earth and in the church and in your homes and in uh, in the workplace and, and in this country and in high places. Uh, corruption is everywhere because Satan is at work in nations. He wants it all wiped out and he's doing a real good job. My friend, if these items does not motivate you to pray, then Tell me what will. Tell me what will. Thirdly, Christian must pray because prayer restrains and keep us from yielding to temptation. Christians must pray because prayer restrains and keep us from yielding to temptation. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 22, verse 46, B, it says, rise, get up and pray lest you enter into temptation. A deficient prayer life will cause us to become more vulnerable in yielding to temptation. Jesus commands us to pray because he knows the value of prayer. He tells us to rise and pray because he knows that we are strengthened spiritually through prayer. We're empowered by prayer and we persevere through prayer, which brings victory in the world. When we are praying, we'll have victory over the world. We'll have victory over our own fleshly desires and cravings. We'll have victory over Satan who wants to destroy us and tempt us away from the will of God through temptations. Uh, What makes prayer so powerful is that it enables us to resist, resist Satan, resist demons, resist our fleshly appetites and walk And live the victorious Christian life to the glory of God. Verse 40b says, pray that you may not enter into temptation. If you are not praying, you are more prone to yield to temptation. Beloved, you are greatly deceived. I reiterate, you are greatly deceived. If you think you have become so strong that temptation and deception cannot get the best of you. I reiterate that is so huge and Satan uses it. You are greatly deceived if you think that you have become so strong that Satan's temptation and deceptions cannot get the best of you. In first Corinthians chapter 10 verse 12, it says, If you think you are standing firm, you had better be careful that you do not fall, says first Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. If you think you are standing firm, you had better be careful that you do not fall. My friend, you are not so strong that you cannot fall. I said again, you and I, we are not so strong spiritually that we cannot fall. We need to be ever so dependent upon God, ever so dependent upon the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit, ever so dependent upon the word of the living God, because we all are subject to fall. All the sins that are in this book from Genesis to Revelation, any of them we can do. We see the biblical characters committing many of these sins and God put these accounts in scriptures. 
He says, now you you learn from from the failures of others, lest you fall and do the same thing. You're not so strong that you cannot fall. As a matter of fact, when you think you are spiritually invincible, you are ripe to be exploited by the devil. When you think you are spiritually invincible, you are ripe to be exploited by that old devil. Number four, Jesus commands us to pray because we have an enemy who wants to destroy our lives. Jesus commands us to pray because we have an enemy who wants to destroy our lives. In the gospel of John chapter 10, verse 10, a it says the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. First Peter uh, chapter five, verse eight also says, be sober, be vigilant, which means be alert because your adversary, the word adversary means enemy. The devil, he is our enemy. The devil is not your friend. Stop playing in his camp. He's your enemy. He's up to no good. His aim and purpose is always to wipe you out. He's deceitful. He's a liar. He's the father of it. You're playing on dangerous ground when you're playing in the devil's camp. Because your adversary, the devil, that's what he is. He is your enemy. He is the enemy of your soul. And he walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Satan is an opportunist who comes at the height of our success or at the lowest point in our lives when we are spiritually struggling and weak. At your lowest ebb is when Satan comes to seduce you, to destroy you. And he uses every resource at his disposal, such as pride, to wipe you out. He uses temptation to defeat you. He uses doubt to defeat us, confusion to defeat us, deception, anger, addictions, distractions. Satan uses all these things to to wipe us out, to destroy us. He uses lies and accusations. He uses greed, satanic thoughts, self-promotion, sexual immorality, and so much more to devour our lives and to shatter our dreams and utterly bring us to physical and spiritual destruction. Satan wants to destroy you, the mother and grandmothers and fathers and grandfathers, children and grandchildren. Satan is not our friend. He is a low down, dirty devil. And his his agenda against us is most destructive. And you had better know the strategies of Satan. The way to know it is being in the word of the living God. Therefore, we must continually strengthen and build our inner man. We must continue to to build and strengthen our inner person through prayer, the word of God and allowing the Holy Spirit to rule in our life and to reign in our lives. If not, any crisis will bring the worst out of us. As we go through crisis, it does one or two things. It either brings the best out of you or the worst out of you. What's coming out of you in the midst of this virus is what I like to ask. What's in you will come out in the time of crisis. What's what's in you will come out in the time of crisis. Second Corinthians chapter four, uh, verse 16 says, therefore, we do not despair. But even if our physical body is wearing away and our physical bodies are wearing away, we don't look like we used to look 20 years ago. This body is wearing out and, and rightfully so because of the fall of Adam and Eve. 
our inner person is being renewed. Even though the body is decaying, the inward person is being renewed day by day. You say, what does that word renewed mean? That word renewed means your inner person, the inner man, the inner self, it's being changed for the better day by day. Renewed means your inner person is being strengthened day by day. Your inner person is being transformed day by day, my friend. Beloved, the stronger we are inwardly, spiritually, the better we can confront, resist, and defeat the devil and his strategies. I reiterate, the stronger we are in our inner person, in our inner man, spiritually, the better we can confront, resist, and defeat the devil and his satanic strategies against us. Number five, Prayer prepares us for the adversities. Prayer prepares us for adversities that are destined to intrude into our lives. There's no such thing as living in this life without trouble and trials and difficulties. In this passage, it was through prayer that Jesus was strengthened. It was through prayer that Jesus was strengthened to endure the crises. Let me tell you something about this. Uh, The word of God, prayer And the Holy Spirit, I say it again, the word of God, prayer and the Holy Spirit will enable us to withstand and gain victory over adversity. I say it again. It is so crucial. It is absolutely crucial. The word of God, prayer and the Holy Spirit will enable us to withstand and gain victory over our crises and adversity. It does not matter whether it is the crisis of health, or whether you're going through trouble in the workplace, loss of job, layoffs, financial troubles, a bad marriage, uh, God is enough for you. God is a helper. God is your refuge. God is able to help you in the time of need and struggles and trials. Whether you're going through issues with your children or dealing with a very sick child, Uh, God does not abandon us. He's with us. He is our Emmanuel, uh, God with us. Even though our nation and world is in a corona crisis, God is with us. And if we're walking with God and if we're talking with God, God keeps depression from getting the best of us. As a matter of fact, he keeps it away from us. The word of God and his presence keep suicidal thoughts at bay and keep it from us. Or the death of a loved one. Uh, My mother just went home to be with the Lord a few days ago. And what's keeping me right now is my mother's prayers and the word of God and the spirit of God and the encouragement of the saints, because there's nothing like a dear mother. Uh, It is prayer that that I'm able to stand here in the power of the Holy Spirit. If she was here today, she'd say, preach, Randy, preach. I'm gone, but preach the word that souls would come into the kingdom for such a time as this. Let me tell you something, my friend. Prayer prepares us for the unexpected. There are things happen unexpectedly to us. Prayer prepares us for the unexpected. Our day can start so normally and end so tragically. 
Uh, our day can start so normally and end up so tragically. For example, the late basketball superstar Kobe Bryant and his daughter took a helicopter to her basketball tournament, uh, which he had done many, many times. But on this day, which started so normally, ended up tragically with them and others dying in the helicopter crash. Another illustration is the recent shooting of Ahmad Avery, who went out to just jog and ended up being murdered in Georgia. Beloved, these two illustrations should serve notice on us that we must live in a state of readiness for our imminent departure from this life. Life is brief. Life is short. And, and sometimes we leave here suddenly. Sometimes it's a gunshot wound. Sometimes it's a car wreck. Sometimes somebody break in your house. It could be police officer and shoot up the wrong house. But, but it's not really how you die. But at the end of the day, it's being ready to die. It's being ready to die because death comes so, so many ways. I wish all of us can be like my mother and just die in your sleep and just go home to be with Jesus. But it's not going to be so for everyone because we know God is sovereign. So we need to live in a state of readiness for our imminent departure and be in right relationship with the Lord. Our family be in right relationship with the church and others. As a matter of fact, a thought just came to my mind from my mother. She she would often say, uh, I want to tell you all something, children. And I said, what's that, mama? She say, if you don't have God. And if you don't have church and if you don't have family, you don't have much going for you. Oh, how true that is. If you don't have God. If you don't have church, if you don't have family, you don't have much going for you. How true those words are still ringing in my soul. Number six, prayer keeps us in the Lord's perfect will. Prayer keeps us in the Lord's perfect will. In the gospel of Luke chapter 22, verse 42, it says, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Just because you're going through struggles or crises does not necessarily mean that you are out of the will of God as reflected in the current passage we're preaching. Sometimes we go through troubles. We say, oh, I must not be in God's will. I'm having too much trouble. No, Jesus was in the perfect will of his heavenly father. And yet he had trouble from his birth all the way to his death. Just because you're having trouble does not necessarily mean you're out of the will of God. Jesus was born in trouble. He lived in trouble and he died in trouble. And yet he was in the perfect will of God, the father, the word of God, prayer and spirit led decisions help us to stay in the will of God. The word of God, prayer and spirit led decisions help us to stay in the will of God, especially when we are in a crisis. We must surrender to the will of God when it is not convenient. We must surrender to the will of God when it is not comfortable. We must uh, surrender to the will of God when we lack understanding. 
We must surrender to the will of God when the Lord is taking us in a way that we have not been before. Like we're in now, being in, being in this in this virus is a good case in point. He's taken us in a way as a nation, as a world that we've not been before. And, 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 and you got to hold on to God when you don't know about the next move and how you should go. That's when you have to even trust him the more. Beloved, I pose a question to you as you journey through this crisis. Can you say that you are certain that you are in the will of God for your life? You mean to tell me with with all the upheaval in the world and and the coronavirus affecting 182 countries and shut down globally and and things are happening here and there and all kinds of ramifications and repercussions because of it. You mean to tell me even now in this season of the, of your life, you don't know the will of God. It's time for you to shut yourself in your prayer closet and say, God, it's too late in the evening for me not to know your will. Matter of fact, make me know your will. Make me know your will. If not, you need to cry out to God. If you don't know his will, you need to ask God to reveal his will to you, his divine purpose to you, his divine purpose for your life, and then passionately pursue what he is calling you to do. Once you know his will, once our Lord has made you know, then you're responsible for passionately doing the will of the Father with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength allowing nothing to separate you from the love of God. Next question I pose is, when should we pray? When should we pray? Number one, whenever the spirit of God moves us to pray, it is time to pray. Whenever the spirit of God moves us to pray, it is time to pray. We must have a life enveloped in prayer. We must have a life enveloped in prayer. Second Thessalonians chapter one, verse 11a says, therefore, we also pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of his calling. That's second Thessalonians uh, chapter one, verse 11a. And then Psalms 55, 17 says morning, noon and night. I cry out in my distress and the Lord hears my voice. Psalms 55, 17. Oh, my friends, whenever the spirit of God moves us to pray, It's time to pray. Secondly, when should we pray? We need to pray, especially when we don't feel like praying. When you don't feel like praying is when you need to be praying the most. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 17 says, pray without ceasing. The spirit of God move you to pray. You pray when you don't feel like praying. You just pray anyhow. Pray anyhow, even if it's not a long prayer, just pray. Thirdly, when should we pray? We need to pray when we do not know what to do. All of us have those moments in time when we just uh, don't know exactly what to do. We're not sure of ourselves. After Judas betrayed Christ and hung himself, according to Acts chapter one, verses 23 through 26, Peter and the apostle proposed two names and prayed to God for a decision for Judas's replacement who had hung himself. 
They did. The, the apostles didn't know what to do. Uh, they didn't know who was to succeed Judas. And they prayed and God gave an answer. When you don't know what to do, be still and pray till God makes you know without a doubt what you must do, my friend. Number four, when should we pray? We need to pray when we are forsaken and betrayed by others. We need to pray when we are forsaken and betrayed by others. Matthew chapter 26, verse 57 says, then all the disciples, then all the disciples forsook him, Christ, and fled. Do not become discouraged and press on when people you thought had your back forsake you in the middle of your crises. Loyalty is a very strange word nowadays. It is very, very strange. People you thought had your back all of a sudden betrays you. That can be most hurtful indeed. And I know many of you out there in the audience, including myself, we've all have experienced betrayal to one degree or another. Beloved, you cannot live in this life without encountering betrayal which brings on a crisis. Betrayal is inevitable in life. In this life journey, betrayal is inevitable. What makes betrayal so hurtful is that it usually come from people you could trust, that you thought you could trust, only to have them deceive you and be disloyal toward you. It is the people that that you were uh, very confidential with shared things, disclose, disclose things, people that you poured your life into, people uh, that you thought you can trust and you let them in and they got real close and then they became disloyal and hurt you deeply. Jesus knows about betrayal. He was betrayed by one of his own disciples and uh, that hurt Jesus the most, but he kept going toward the cross. Do not let your hurt, your pain, your betrayal keep you from doing that which God has called you to do. The Word of God admonishes us to wait patiently on Him and He will give us the desires of our hearts. We must pray, meditate, commune, and wait on God. We must fight against the I, me, and my right now syndrome that perpetuates today's society. God and God alone is the answer to everything. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and so much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.